everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well and getting ready for a what appears to be a very uh, nice Easter weekend. So, uh, yes, uh, welcome in. Good Friday, everyone. Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew here in the Wow Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need when you switch to Wow. Visit switch to wowbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number one of The Drive is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on The Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And with that, we welcome you in. We'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, congratulations to the Auburn gymnastics team advancing to the finals. You know, they had already gone deeper than ever last night. Suni Lee winning the national title on the balance beam. And uh, now Auburn advancing as uh, they, they ousted the defending national champs, the Michigan Wolverines. So Auburn and Florida advancing. And it's, um, though I forgot the two on the other side, but it wasn't Alabama. Utah and I forgot the other, the other, the other team. But they will compete tomorrow for the national title. Now, it wasn't as good news in some other sports yesterday. Auburn Equestrian ends its season uh, as they fell to the second seed Equestrian team falls to number seven SMU. I never know what you're going to want to talk about to start shows. Well, no, I'm just, and I know I, I get it, but uh, I mean gymnastics and equestrian to begin today's show. Well, I mean, you don't, you know, it's a drive first, it, maybe it's because these are national champions. Oh, absolutely, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. We probably, because of our own ignorance about the sport, we probably haven't talked enough about the gymnastics uh, season. That they're having. I mean, it's one of the great seasons in program history. Oh, it is the greatest. The greatest. I mean, Su- it is. Suni it, Lee is. It already was before they advanced last night. I mean, Suni Lee, you could argue, was the most accomplished athlete to ever sign with Auburn upon enrollment ever, right? I mean, when you think yeah. about having uh, the, the that, Olympic that, gold that's, medal. That's. that's- very, very likely. They've, I can't they've imagine playing, anybody more. They've been playing to packed no. houses all season long, home and right. road. Uh, they're, a, they're a major TV draw. Uh, when I was, I don't know if I told this story on the air, but when Auburn and Alabama faced off in gymnastics, I was in a crowded, I was in downtown Atlanta because we were, uh, Troy was playing Georgia State the next day. And so I, I went out with a couple of the uh, the folks with Troy uh, to grab dinner in downtown Atlanta. And this restaurant, 
you know, had had TVs that would normally be showing the game or whatever sporting event is on, and they were all on the gymnastics meet, and the place was wrapped with attention watching Suni Lee and and some of the other competitors uh, compete that night. And I mean, I, I hadn't really seen anything like it in the world of college gymnastics before. So there is sort of an, a phenomenon we haven't reported oh, no enough. No question. And no and, it, question and they get it. one step closer to a national championship. We'll, we'll we'll have we'll have Jeff on. Like we'll have oh, him yes. on after the season's over. We're on good terms with everybody over there. They they return our emails. So yeah, we're we're gonna have Coach on uh, after the season is over to uh, and and maybe even uh, you know yeah we'll we'll get we'll get him on to uh, uh to to recap everything's going on and and talk about the the amazing season that the Auburn gymnastics program is having. Right. Uh. Yeah. So so no question. I thought that deserved leading off, uh, because then I'm getting to. Uh, a disaster. And you, last you mentioned night. SUNY with the Beam National Championship. Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Uh, but the Oklahoma the, and Utah, the other two teams. Oklahoma, I couldn't think. Yeah, it, it, so Utah, I remembered, and of course Florida. Um, so I mean, it's very stiff competition, but what a, what great company to be in. All right, and and now to the next to uh, the really rough news last night, and that was about as. Bad a loss as you can can suffer. I mean, I guess you you know people say, well, if you just get completely destroyed, um, say you're beaten twenty to nothing in baseball, it's terrible. That is easier to get over than last night's loss. A game at Starkville where Auburn fell behind three nothing, came back, took a five three lead. Starkville tied it at five. Auburn took the lead six five and turned it over to their closer, and. The 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 broadcasters, you know, one of those things. It's it's not really a broadcaster's jinx, but I don't know how many times you hear something like this, and then immediately it goes the other way. It's like, wow, he's hit so many free throws in a row, or he's hit so many extra points in a row, or you know that type thing. It was Blake Burkhalter has only walked two batters <laughs> in twenty four and two thirds innings, and he walks a leadoff batter in the bottom of the ninth. But he got the most tailor-made double play ball you could ask for. A medium roller, I mean, not hit too hard, not hit too slow where it wouldn't be. It was the perfect, like, when 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 uh, coach is hitting uh, infield practice, just, you know, there it is, a nice skimmer, ball doesn't take a bad hop right to second base. And it's booted, and they're runners at first and second. What is it? You know, you know when that happens, it's not going Phil, to end Phil, well. What is it about Auburn and Mississippi State? I, I, I because if you do, I have to bring it up. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, didn't didn't something very similar happen in the College World Series between Auburn and Mississippi State? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, Wasn't that? I mean, no. Of, of all the teams, you're. I mean, not not to. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but that was. I don't, I don't remember the exact circumstance. I'm not that traumatized by the play uh, that that gave Mississippi State the the win in uh, in in Nebraska. But no, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it felt like Auburn had that one well in hand. Oh, they things, did. They, I mean, that, that's a. They absolutely did. I mean, I think the Auburn coaching staff. I mean, uh, Butch Thompson made a remark after the game about. I couldn't listen. It was it was something something to the extent of. You know, m- most of the time 
we were able to close that one out. Most of the time. I, I mean, I don't want to misquote him. I'll pull, I'll no, pull up no, the article. No, no, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, that's that's a, that's the understatement ever. When you get a when you get a ground ball like that, you've got two. I mean, there's no way. Ninety nine percent of the time, anybody is going to have two out, nobody on. Coach, uh, here, here's the quote. Quote. We've played this game over and over and have found a way, just not tonight. It wasn't totally clean, but we hung in there. If we had to do it all over again, there's not a lot I'd like to change. Unquote. No, you, well, you'd Thompson. like you'd strategically. Like to, yeah, right? you'd like, like yeah. to avoid the leadoff walk, but I mean, then you get the just routine, yeah. routine double play ball. So then, first and second, nobody out. Mississippi State does what you're supposed to do. They bunt, advance the runners to second and third. What happens next? An intentional walk to load the bases to try to set up the play at home. And then a wild pitch. And, I mean, a very close play at home, but he was the runner was definitely safe, so that ties the game. So what do you do then? You intentionally walk the next batter to try to, try to set up again the play at home. Well, did you mention the, the bunt? There's a sack yeah, bunt in yeah, there. I did. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Okay. And then you get the, then you get the intentional walk. You get the bunt, the intentional walk, the wild pitch, another intentional walk, yeah. and then a 3-2 bases loaded walk. Yeah. So they did not get the ball out of the infield. It's like something from, you know, from, from little, not T-ball, little, little, little League. Yeah. Little League, yeah. Dixie Youth. It's like from kid pitch where they don't get the ball out of the infield and they score two runs without a hit. And now, and, and now you're a baseball now you guy. Lose, you lose that first game, you're back. Is up against. It's the wall. not just that you lost the first game. Oh, the crowd, the, the the atmosphere there will be insane. To lose the tonight. first game like that, to lose in walk off fashion or yep. final pitch of the game fashion, because um, some people, I don't know where you are on this, Bill. Some people say you shouldn't say walk off unless it's a home run. Well, some people say a walk off should be not? reserved it's for not home. More couldn't be more accurate than a walk. I know. I've just I've I've heard some folks say like a a, a game winning single or double. Isn't a it's a, a home run? Is I I don't know. I'm not uh, the term walk off wasn't even around 20 years ago. Where, so you're so, either I mean, way, so why not? You're either way on this Who one. Cares? It's, it's a game winning game winning yeah. baseball at bat yeah. is a walk off. Okay, so to lose on in walk off fashion is a real gut punch, and now it's about making sure that it doesn't capsize this series, right? right. It's about how Auburn responds and, and more and beyond. Tonight. I and, mean, you, you really, yep. the, the pressure is really on for Auburn. And tonight. it's interesting because there was so much pressure seemingly on Mississippi State coming into this series. They were, they were about to go four and nine and, uh, and would have been in big, big trouble. So, uh, so now, I mean, they, they have some hope. They win tonight. They've got a chance to sweep, you know, I mean, so Auburn in, really, really needs to win Tonight. In Major League Baseball, especially in postseason situations, this, after losing a game like that, this is when teams like to have... It's not You, you, you hear the pitching, you hear the, the term ace. You also hear the stopper. term... A stopper. Yes, stopper. Yes, absolutely. Who what, comes to mind? Who's a stopper? Andy Pettit was always the Yankee oh, yeah, stopper I, I, in the I, 90s. I, I, I thought, mean, thought you were asking like on Auburn. Sure, no, in general. like oh. who, who, th- who comes to mind when you think of yeah, a guy who would come to mind? Not, not necessarily the ace... But the stopper in a situation like that, and yeah, Auburn, it's about who can be, you know, do you, do you have somebody who can be the stopper? Do you have guys? Doesn't have to be the starting pitcher necessarily, that helps. But do you have guys ready to step up and, and play well tonight uh, to, uh, to, to avoid Mississippi State uh, building any momentum on the last Minute, not last minute. That's totally wrong. Uh, walk off, Victor. It's not last minute in a, in a baseball no, game. No, that's right. It's the, it's the only untimed. The buzzer beater. Yeah. There in, 
<laughs> buzzer beating walk off walk. No, to uh, uh, I mean you you need to. Uh, it it is so discouraging though. I mean it's it's something that's it's really tough. You'd almost you'd rather get back out and play fifteen minutes later. Then try to sleep after that. Try to eat a meal and sleep yeah. after uh, after losing a game like that. Yeah, it's uh, no. That this is this is going to be a tough one, and it's a matter of uh, uh, you know who can uh, who can rebound, who can bounce back, and uh, and and find a way to uh, to, to 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 get a, a victory tonight. Because yeah, you don't want to you don't you don't want to let that one fester. Yeah, because uh, a loss tonight, and Auburn could drop to fifth place in the SEC West after being a game out of first. Last night, you got the matchup for uh, for tonight. I do not. That's what I was trying to find was uh, the the pitching matchup for tonight. Um, I I had it somewhere in my email, and I I, I must stretch. Have, I'll I'll have it in a minute. Yeah, you, uh, pull up some. Um, uh, yep. Oh wait a minute. Let's see. This may be it. Pitching matchups. There we go. There you go. I've gotten so many emails that it it, it had moved to the second page. So uh, let's see. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, for Auburn, it is uh, Trace Bright. Uh, for Auburn, going against uh, Preston Johnson, who's two and two with a four twenty six. Trace, two and three with a three eighty three. And of course, he pitched. He pitched so well Tuesday. The only the only thing I wasn't sure about was whether Butch Thompson would go with Trace no, or Barnett. Trace pitched last. Trace has pitched last weekend and pitched well for the first three innings and then really got knocked around by Vandy and Auburn. I wasn't sure, having not seen the matchups, I wasn't sure if, if Coach Thompson was going to go with Gonzalez no, today no, he's, or Butch, keep him. Butch will not change. Yeah. He's, he's not going to move his pitchers. He's going to keep them on so he's, yeah, so no, yeah, no, yeah, Gonzalez is pitching tomorrow after right. that really inspired performance on Sunday, especially going You right. hope he doesn't have to be the stopper tomorrow. You hope he is the guy to try to... Give you the series exactly, which you know, which sort of depends on how Auburn plays tonight uh, in the uh, in, in the second game of the series in Starkville. But yeah, a, a disappointing outcome last night. After uh, yeah, it seemed like Auburn was in good position. Uh, oh, they to, battled. Uh, to, they to battled back twice. I mean, wrap that one up. Yep. Uh, so so yep. So that was going on. Let's see what else. Yoan Traore has indeed signed with Auburn. The uh, the big six ten. Forward, center, I guess, uh, post player, sort of inside player, signing with yeah, Auburn. I've heard, I've heard the term combo forward. Yeah, I guess. Used, combo or, I mean, for, but he's like he's a just, combo forward center. You maybe just call him a forward, right? I mean, because because that's I mean, it's almost like it's almost like we're not. Well, but but we're he not may hearing, start at the five. But I, I, it's almost like it's just forwards and guards now, right? I mean, there's centers and there's the difference between point guards. But so many guys are combo guards or perimeter players. Yeah, when I think of a combo forward, I guess I think of a three-four. Right. You know, not a four-five. Now, yeah, I mean, I, but but now it seems like you can, uh, yeah, a, a combo, a fr- front court player. Uh, he is sort of a combination, and I, I've heard this description a few times. Sort of a combination of Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. He's a guy that has a pretty decent mid-range game, can shoot 15 feet and beyond, but he's very effective inside. He's a guy you can you can go to the you know on the low block and he can beat you. That's something Jabari didn't do much of, but he probably has um a little more of uh, a little more range than Walker. Treori, I've got a couple of uh, facts about uh, Treori signing from Tom Green's article uh, on AL.com. Um, Treori is the fourth five-star uh, to sign with Auburn out of high school. Can you name the other three? 
Well, Jabari is one. Jabari Smith is one of them. Um, well, see, now, the problem is I can go back to some guys that probably would, would be have five been, stars yeah. now. They're all, Bruce, they they're all Bruce Pearl. But they weren't listing them five. Yeah, because <laughs> because Auburn signed a couple of Parade All-Americans. Sure. So, I mean, those guys would be five stars now. But Had the rankings they been They only used gave them four back then. Right. You know, so, it's inflation or whatever. So, so, Sharif Cooper and Mustafa Heron were the other two okay. five stars that Bruce Pearl, they've all, they were all under the Pearl era. If you use, and again, you gotta, you gotta keep Bill's note in mind with recruiting rankings, uh, using the, uh, resources available right now for basketball recruiting rankings. Uh, nine of the top ten high school signees in Auburn program history were Bruce Pearl signees. The lone exception being uh, Vaught Barber, actually in, the, in in 2005. So that's and that's again, you know, keeping in mind that what before, yeah, before 2000, or 2000 before 19, or so, yeah, you get in the 19, you know, in the 1990s, back when Auburn was signing, um, they 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 signed some. Uh, Really outstanding players in the in the seventies and eighties. What do you think the impact could be of? Because we've seen, especially last year, Jabari Smith made a huge impact, but so much of the production from Auburn came from players who were transfers coming into the program, veterans from other schools. How big of an impact do you think Traore, Westry, and Trey Donaldson could have next year? Do you do you see them all as? rotation pieces potentially do you see them all as as more than that or, or no i don't see them as much more than that yeah. i see them as playing and getting double figure minutes a game uh may, maybe they're able to do more than that but they're they don't seem like the kind kind of guys that step in and are going to play as many minutes as jabari as sharif Traore uh, seems like he had would have the best chance of of being a, a starter for yeah, a bulk of the season. I think he could, I think he could play. Then I think yeah, I think he can be a starter and and maybe play twenty five minutes. What do you think of a front court? I was thinking more of Westry and Donaldson, I guess. What do you think if I told you that Traore, Jalen Williams, and Dylan Cardwell played most of the minutes in the front court? At you know uh, at the four and the five this I'd year, I'd say for that's what I expect right now. Is that? But I'm saying, do, I mean, what do you think the prospects are of a team that plays those three in the front court for the most part? I mean, now acknowledging that you haven't seen Johan Traore as a as an incoming freshman, yeah, is that strike you as good enough to uh, uh, to, to win games? If you can shoot, I think yeah. you I think you better you better you better have a couple of guys who are just dangerous as can be from the outside, and I think that's one of the things Bruce is looking for. And, you know, and remains to be seen with Westry and Donaldson what you get as far as if they can fill some void. And there's the chance that you get improvement out of KD or Zepp or Wendell. Zepp and Wendell, to me, are the two that I'm really interested to see if a year of playing SEC basketball, uh, you know, has, has caused them to sort of rethink their offseason at all and rethink their approach because both of them were, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, the number, if the numbers don't bear this out, Zepp and Wendell were both more potent outside threats at their mid-major schools, yes. right? Yes, they were. So maybe... Although, although Zepp's numbers, uh, his percentage wasn't much lower. He just didn't He didn't take very many shots. Remains to be seen if after a year of playing SEC basketball, either of them are more comfortable being mm-hmm. a, a, a bigger outside and, and, and presence. Wend- and Wendell, uh, the midway, midpoint of SEC play... Was uh, shooting it pretty well. He just struggled down the stretch. Yeah, I just you know that's that's something I uh, I I'm I'm curious as to how many of Auburn's pieces as far as the rotation this year aren't on the team, or or how many of them are guys that maybe we uh you know we can we can wait and see how much improvement we get out of out of this past year's 
uh, key pieces that remain or the guys that decided to come back. 334-321-1390, Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. We're just underway here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Friday afternoon, Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, we'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise? Uh, let's see, what, what else is going on in the, in the world of sports? Uh, there, there are an awful lot of players in multiple sports that are hitting the portal. We talked about it a little yesterday. It's getting near the, uh, the, the time for football players to at least enter the portal. They have to be in the portal by May 1st to be eligible to play this fall. Now, again, keep in mind, SEC players entering the portal will not be able to play at SEC schools this fall unless they're graduate transfers if they weren't in by February 14th. I'm watching some of the other storylines around the conference. So you got a bunch of spring games this weekend. I'm not going to actually watch the spring games. I can't. No, there are. Them. Alabama and Georgia among the schools. What? Didn't Florida, Florida had their spring game last night. I think Ole Misses is coming up soon. That's an interesting battle where maybe, um, who's the, uh, is it Olmeyer? Um, uh, the, the, the it's it's the, the the guy he played instead of Matt Corral. He was a really big recruit. Yeah, I, um, I, I think it's I think it's Olmeyer. He's he's battling with Jackson Dart to be the starter at uh, at, at Ole Miss, and uh, apparently he's been outplaying uh, Jackson Dart uh, to an extent uh, this uh, th- this this uh, off season. So yeah, Altmeyer is the uh, Luke Luke Altmeyer is the uh, is, right. is the guy. Yeah, I knew it, I knew it was in the I was in the I was in the neighborhood with uh, with with, with Olmeyer. Also, sort of curious. Is Stetson Bennett going to hold on to that job all year, or is this a deal where it's like, I mean, is is why you know why not? Yeah, I mean, it's just I want. I wonder did, if did he struggle throwing the ball last year? Not at the end of the season. I mean, throughout the year there were weren't there sort of questions about. I mean, you look at his there game. There were by always game. questions because his arm, because he's yeah. not as pretty a guy as right. JT Daniels, but he's extremely effective. I mean. Well, towards the end of the year, he became extremely effective, right? I mean, the passing he, offense got... He the, had a couple of games early. Remember, who was that game early when, oh, he's going to stink, and he, and he was like 10 for 11 for 300 yards in the, yeah. in the, in the first half. I right. Mean, he, he was... No, I mean, towards the end of the season, the, the, the passing offense was, was certainly not... I mean, it, was, it looked like a problem for Georgia going into the playoffs, but no, I mean, Stetson Bennett ended up having a very strong season statistically, a better season than the one in 2020 that led to so many questions about whether or not he was going to hold on to the job. I think it's just a matter of, yeah, I mean, some people can't get past the size, um, and I think there's also the the fact that there's so much other talent, highly regarded, highly recruited, highly rated, right? Man, I mean, this, the, this is not the NFL. I mean, it's it's all about winning. Did they win a national championship? They did win a national championship. What are you going to do better? But you've seen you want, you want a guy that looks a whole lot better and is seen a, quarter- the number one pick of the NFL and is great and you don't win. You've seen quarterbacks win and then get replaced a year later if they struggle. Like you see, I mean, you yeah, saw Jay, yeah. you saw Jalen Hurts take take a team to the national championship game, and a year later he, he didn't finish the year as the team's starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, there were 
Jake Jake Fromm didn't lose his job, but remember there were questions throughout the Jake Fromm era as to whether or not Georgia needed to go in a in a different direction, especially when they had uh, uh, Justin Fields on the team. I just I think that's I don't expect Stetson Bennett to be unseated before the season starts, I and I think expect, he would. I don't expect and I think, Kirby Smart to play another quarterback unless Stetson Bennett really, really that's, struggles. That's, the, that's, I guess, the question is, do you think Stetson Bennett is going to struggle to the extent that at some point they go to a different quarterback for Georgia? Mm, look at their schedule. Tell me where they struggle. That's, that's the issue, is they still look to be... I mean, everyone made such a big deal about FPI. The FBI says that Alabama and Georgia are virtual locks for the college football playoff because it's tough to yep. find uh, it's tough to find more than one or two losses on either of their schedules in the regular season, and that's you know, best case scenario. Yeah. So uh, yes, a lot. I mean, of you can understand why Stetson Bennett I, stayed in school. Yes, I, yes, I do, and I, I wasn't surprised. A lot of people team. going, "Why would he come back? Why? Because, like I said, he's the king of Athens." I mean, there are a whole lot worse places you could be, and, there, and he could as be the starting quarterback. You know, and for he could, the defending national champ. It took him a long you know, time because to, there's nothing to do social wise in in Athens. It took him students. a long time to win a national championship. Uh, it might not take him so long to win another one. They uh, look they look to be no. they look to be pretty good going into the season. Yeah, I, I think they've got a chance. Uh, yeah, so so a lot of UAB game. was the game where he went ten of twelve with five touchdowns. It was and ridiculous. Yards. Yeah. Because they just said, "Okay, we're going to stop the run, and we're not going to we're not going to play against you. We don't think you can throw the ball twenty yards." And he did. He's not. He has pretty good touch on deep passes. People don't realize that just because he's not. He's not. Big. It was. I'll tell you what it was. It was. He went. He had uh, seventy two yards in the game against uh, Arkansas, and and then uh, I guess was was right around fifty percent against Florida. Were the two there were two games where any and they were they were both wins for Georgia, but those were right. the two games where people came out of it thinking. Against All a, you've got to do is stop Georgia's run. Against a better team, you know, can you yeah. hold? No, but because, no, for the most part, you're right. The season numbers look good. There are a couple of games you can point to where the storyline coming out of it was, I mean, Georgia won, but, it's, you know, can, can you, can Stetson Bennett play like that and can Georgia beat good teams? Turns out against good teams, Stetson Bennett played better. Yeah, and Georgia, Georgia wasn't even, I mean, they weren't even playing close football games in the, uh, and, in, in and the playoffs. And his offensive line helps a lot. I mean, they a lot. They showed uh, it was uh, ESPN Classic, or no, the SEC Network. Somebody had some of that Georgia Michigan playoff game on the. Uh, I mean, it's hard to believe Michigan did not look like one of the four best teams, and they probably were last year. And it's all because they were up against that Georgia juggernaut. And uh, yep, that's that's what happens. Stick with us. It's the Friday Drive. Tell you what, if we have an opportunity, we're going to uh, replay our visit. With Auburn tight end John Samuel Schenker. But we'd love to hear from you. Join us here on the Friday Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the Wild Business Studio. Yesterday, we, we uh, had an opportunity to uh, have a return visit from our fall football season um, Tiger Take guest. And that's John Samuel Schinker, the uh, super senior tight end. And uh, we thought we'd let you uh, listen to those comments if you didn't get a chance to hear yesterday. We talked with John Samuel about winding things down here for the spring, looking back at spring practice, and getting ready for the offseason. I'm good. Uh, we're winding down the, the spring here, but I'm doing great. Well, that's something that uh, uh, I know through the years a lot of players have said uh, they're glad that's over. I mean, you know, what are your feelings? Just talk a little bit about your feelings on this spring. I'll say this, Coach Harson seemed pretty upbeat following the A-Day game. Yeah, I thought since I've been here, I think this might be the best spring that I've been a part of. Um, just from the, the culture that we have set and all the guys on the same page. Um, and you can see that through practice. Practice was fun. We enjoyed it because we're competing together and not against each other necessarily. Um, so I think it was, it was a really good spring. Um, obviously, we'll continue to grow, but it all starts in winter workouts and into spring ball is laying the foundation. I think we did a great job of that. John Sam, I'd, I'd like to know, uh, you know, we, we, got, we had the, the pleasure of talking to you all season long, and, and you made reference during the season that after the season was over, you were going to consult with your family and sort of decide, you know, the best thing for yourself. I'd like to know what went into your decision uh, to come back and, and take, uh, uh, take the extra year of eligibility and play uh, for Auburn in 2022. Yeah, well, I think it started with um, me agreeing and, and liking what Coach Harson is doing here. Um, along with a few other guys as well that came back. And I think that was my baseline. And then also, um, I love Auburn and obviously the next level is a goal of mine. But, um, if I can play here and possibly help this team and, and push us forward to where we want to go, um, that was going to happen as well. And I'm also, I'm getting married this summer. So we thought it was best for our relationship as well as first year of marriage to, to be where we know we are and understand Auburn and she went here as well. So, it all played a big part in it, um, but it was really a no-brainer once I got to the end of the season. Um, I made that decision uh, mid-December, I think. Um, decided to come back before the bowl game even started. So, but it was it became a pretty easy decision after a while. But early on, it was there were some complications early on. But um, after praying about it and with my family and everybody, it was it was clear to me what to do. Well, uh, there's no question Auburn fans are glad you're coming back. Before we get into um, before we get into some other questions, I got one. Maybe it's not quite as serious, but uh, but you got a different number now than you had last year. Talk a little bit about that, and then uh, uh, the the uh, I'm I'm sure that there's some some history with uh, with number 25. Yeah, so that was my number since. Gosh, T-ball, I believe. I grew up, that was the only number I ever had. And uh, I got it from Andrew Jones with the Braves when he was there. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted 10, but I wasn't a quarterback. So I couldn't be Chipper Jones, so I chose Andrew Jones. And uh, then just all through my career, um, that, was just, that was my number. That was my go-to. I was confident in that number. And when I got here, I couldn't get it because, obviously, uh, the seniors had that and whatnot. But when I came back, I, I just asked if I could – I could be back in my own number for one year, and obviously they were they were fine with that. So I'm excited to have it. I like it. So you can go look. I'll come back for that super senior year if I can have 25, huh? So it works. <laughs> yeah. 
absolutely. So, so John Samuel, I mean, uh, as as much as uh, I mean, it's 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 great that the the numbers different, but I, I'd like to know some other things that are going to be different about uh, you know what what uh, uh, last season versus this year. New offensive coordinator uh, Mike Bobo has moved on, and so Auburn, you know, Brian Harson is going to have uh, m- more of an active role in the offense with Eric Keysaw uh, taking over uh, with the uh, with the title of, of offensive coordinator. Uh, just changes you've noticed in the offense over the last couple of months versus your first year uh, now that uh, uh, Auburn has has transitioned away from Mike Bobo and towards the Brian Harson Eric Keesaw era of this offense? Well, Coach Keesaw obviously and Coach Harson they go they go back way, so the chemistry they have together is really good, and they're on the same page with the offense, so you see a lot more fluid plays on the offense side of the ball now. There's you don't have two different offenses with Bobo and Harson clashing together and trying to make something happen. It's Keesaw and Harson on the same page with that. So it's it's been a lot easier. The execution's a lot higher because we focus on the same things for each play and it's not overwhelming for some some guys. So it becomes a lot easier to to tell the guys what to do whenever two coaches are on the same page as an O C and a head coach. Just makes life a lot better. Everyone buys into what we're doing because it's all the same messages everywhere you go. There's no two different messages coming from two different people. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the big thing I've taken from it. And I've loved Coach Keith. I knew obviously he was here last year. We got to grow a relationship there when he was a wide receiver. But um, no, I think I think it's great. Um, obviously, we'll continue to grow. But I think Coach Harson likes what Keith, Coach Keith Hall is doing. Um, so it's been it's been good so far. Talk about the the tight end room. I mean, uh, it, it's probably as deep and talented uh, as as any position. And there's no doubt, Auburn's had some really good tight ends in the past, but I don't know that I've ever seen a tight end collection like uh, like Auburn has right now. Just talk about all the other guys. Yeah, it's a lot of fun right now, I'll tell you that. Um, in the play with Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm now, this will be our fourth year together. And so we've had a lot of growth together, a lot of bad times together, but it's all grown us into who we are now. And, you know, Luke Dillon, Tyler Fromm, they, I mean, when we play in the, on the game, you know, everybody gets reps. And, and every one of these guys that gets reps, they play anywhere else as well. I mean, that's it's pretty fun to have such a competitive and talented group because every day you go out, you just have fun with the guys, knowing knowing what we can do and what we, uh, what we bring to the table on the offensive side. And you get into practice, you're making plays on DBs and, Blocking defensive ends. I mean, it's it's very very fun to play with these guys. And then you got Landon, Mike O'Reilly, Ducker, and Brandon Fraser, of course, um, who's grown a lot in the spring, in my opinion. Um, so it's been really it's been a pleasure. I mean, it's, these guys are a lot of fun to play for and with. And Coach Bedell, obviously, is the guys in the right direction um, with what. What he wants us to do in this offense. Great, great seeing Brandon, you know, back out there and, and part of the offense. You know, we uh, you know, we, we got to see a lot of the other tight ends uh, last season. Every, everybody's back for the most part, but then you had to see uh, to see Brandon out there too. Was uh, was great in the uh, in the spring game. I know you, you've been playing with him now for a, a couple of years. You know, something we saw uh, at, at times last year, uh, just as a way to involve uh, tight ends in the offense. We saw you guys line up as receivers, even at times uh, we, we saw the fullback uh, position utilized. I'm wondering uh, if it's uh, you know what, what what sorts of ways uh, you you see the offense trying to get as many tight ends on the field as possible. There was even what there's a there's a three tight end uh, you know yeah, three yeah, three tight it. end look we've seen uh, every yep. every once in a while. What can you tell us about all all the different ways that the you guys will be utilized this year? Yeah, I think that's a 
testament to the coaches believing in the tight end room and being able to do a lot. I mean, I think over spring I lined up at fullback, wide receiver, <clears throat> Y and H, and I was back in the running back position a few times. So it, it's, it opens the door for a lot of things, a lot of mismatches you can create when you do this because you can get wide receivers and tight ends in different spots on, on mismatches that you think you can win in a game, and that, that creates a lot of problems for defense because you don't really know what to call whenever you got certain playmakers in certain spots and you're running a defense that may not be perfect for that and you create a one-on-one mismatch. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of the advantage that we have as an offense is being able to do pretty much anything we need. Um, wherever we need to line up and make a play. So I think that's that's a lot to ask. But, I mean, so far I think the tight end room has been um, able to answer those those calls. Obviously what everybody, um, you know, was watching, wanting to know as much about was the the, the quarterback battle. Uh, you know, we said, well, at least every quarterback's got, got at least one tight end to be thrown to with the number of guys you had there in your room. But but just talk about what you saw from from the quarterbacks uh, throughout the spring as we uh, get ready for the uh, offseason. Yeah, I thought, um, Star, I thought T.J. matured a lot this spring. Um, that's just a testament to his character and stepping up when he needs to be, when he's called on. Um, I think he's trying to establish that leadership role as a quarterback, which you need to do. Um, but I thought he had a good spring. I thought um, he made some big steps, as did everyone. But um, just coming back off the year he had last year, uh, I thought he made a lot of progress. And, and then Robbie, um, I thought he did well. It's a lot of information to take in as a new guy, especially with his skill set, um, never really running the style of offense that we have. So in the beginning, there's a lot of, um, little issues, but that's to be expected when you're coming from a, a totally different offense. Um, and then Zach, he didn't have a ton of reps, obviously, with his injury, but um, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be back probably in June, if I had to guess. Um, he'll be ready to go, but he's been taking a lot of mental reps behind TJ um, in practice, just making sure he's fresh and so he's not just sitting back there doing nothing during practice. He's getting ready to go when he gets his number called and holding, I thought, He's pretty impressive for a young guy, um, just how composed he is on the offense and running the plays. Um, I, I was very impressed with him um, this spring as well. You know, a, a lot of folks looking at this team feel like, well, defensively there's not as much to prove, but the concerns are over there on the offensive side of the ball. What What do you think of this offense? What can What can this offense do or what will the offense need to do for Auburn to be successful? Well, I think that's on on us as an offense. We know we're capable of. We have great running backs, great running back room. We have good wide receivers. We just don't have a ton of depth, but we have good wide receivers. O-line's fine. We had a lot of guys that had surgery this spring who weren't practicing, which is great. Keeps them healthy. And then, obviously, our tight end room and our quarterback room. So, you know, we have the tools that we need. We just got to figure out how to use them. And I think that's been kind of the emphasis in spring is, figuring out what our tools are, what our assets are, and, and putting them into play um, once we get fall camp to fine-tune this thing as we get ready for the season. Um, so I think that's on us. You know, we hear some of that stuff and, and all that, but um, if we use it for anything, it's fuel. Um, we don't use it as any negative um, in our locker room because um, that would create some, some bad habits in the locker room and negative, negative talk. Talking with John Samuel Schenker, Auburn senior tight end, part of Tiger Takes special spring football edition of Tiger Takes here on the Thursday edition of the drive. John Samuel, you probably have more career appearances than any other offensive player 
on this team in your uh, in your career. You know, you're you're one of the grizzled veterans on this on this Auburn offense. I'd like to know: Is there anyone of the young guys? Is there anyone you saw really take? You know, especially on the offense. Is, is there anyone you saw really take a step forward uh, in the uh, you know in, in the last few weeks, or or you know even if you think about you know back to bowl practice, is there anybody that's really come along uh, this uh, in, in the last few months? I would say. I mean, Holden, I think he was a pretty impressive guy this spring. <laughs> and uh, I would, I like Jay Fair, a wide receiver. Um, I thought he made some big strides. He's very composed, very mature individual for still pretty much being in high school. And um, so I was very impressed with him. He was he was the guy that showed up in January and was already running routes um, with us in the indoor um, for fun. So it's been uh it's fun to watch him. Obviously, there's some learning curves with that, but um, I was pretty impressed with Jay Fair throughout the spring. Before we let you go, John Samuel, I mean it's springtime. How much do you miss? How much do you miss uh, the diamond? Yeah, I uh, I was there Tuesday. I got to hang out with the guys in the dugout and I got to pray with them before the game. Um, so it's it hurts a little bit to watch these guys and they're being successful, which is awesome. So happy for them and Coach Thompson. Hopefully they can continue that. Um, but, yeah, I miss it a little bit. Um, spring ball kind of strikes me. I didn't get to think about it as much as we right. did. Um, but, yeah, I, I do miss it. Um, I miss swinging the stick a little bit. and Getting some fun goes from Coach Nonamaker, but it is what it is. I'm enjoying watching them being successful, and uh, I keep in contact with them most days. I try to poke my head in there every once in a while just Say hi and hang out with the guys. See how they're doing. John, say, no, we, I, I was going to say, I know I've seen you over at the ballpark we, a couple of times. We, uh, we, yeah, we, we, we talked to Sonny on uh, on Wednesday, so if you got any pointers, you know, we can pass him along as far as what he needs to do. Uh, the way he don't uh, mess with him. Yeah, the way, the way, the way oh, yeah. Sonny Bashir is swinging the ball. No. All right, and hey, uh, speaking of which, yeah, we're, we know you're a big Braves guy too. Uh, you know, World Series champions. You know, beginning the uh, title defense in uh, 2022. Any, uh, I mean, they, they picked up Matt Olson in the offseason. Any any Braves you're real excited about this year? Uh, I love Austin Riley. I think he's an MVP guy. Um, but I think, I mean, they're all they're not off to a great start. Olsen's off to a pretty slow start for him. But once they get going and we get Acuna and Soroka back, I mean, I think they're pretty dangerous. Um, yeah, no doubt. Obviously, we have to deal with the Dodgers now with Freddie, which is kind of kind of bad. But um, no, I think they're pretty good. Um, I haven't watched the game yet, but hopefully. I'll get to make appearance. Wish, there wish, yeah, we, wish they were easier. Wish they were easier to see. Really wish the games were easier to watch. Yeah, but. no kidding. John Samuel, man, we really appreciate you spending a little time. It's great catching back up with you. Hope we can uh, uh, maybe do it again. So, uh, uh, thanks again for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. John Samuel Shanker joining us on the drive yesterday. Uh, yeah, so a, a good spring for him. He leads a very impressive tight end group as the Tigers uh, head to the 2022 season, head into the you know finals and then off-season workouts, summer workouts. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here on the Friday Drive. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes of hour number one here on this Friday. Um, of course, Easter weekend. Hope everybody, you know, has the opportunity, if, if you can, you know, to, to spend some time with your family and, and enjoy that. And, of course, uh, um, celebrate Easter. But, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful weekend for it. Um, so that's coming up. There's not, there's not a lot going on around town i mean the the sports i mean you've got there's a chance of some some rain tomorrow morning right isn't that the the understanding i saw there's there's a uh yeah there is there's more of a chance of rain tomorrow than there is any time over the next few days but that's good because initially it had been well it was going to rain a lot yesterday and going to rain on easter sunday i believe i haven't checked the weather though today is it has it changed it may maybe a little maybe Uh, a little cloudy maybe a little cloudier this weekend we'll see uh, we'll see it's been been beautiful today could hold out yeah no absolutely and uh no hopefully uh, folks are able to uh to enjoy this weather and uh and have a a happy healthy and uh, and safe uh easter weekend uh whatever they uh whatever they decide to get up to um we we talked about auburn baseball um you you were saying we ought to get somebody to talk about the Braves on Fridays. I don't know if there are a whole lot of Braves fans. Yeah, those phones are ringing right now. Those phones are ringing right what was now. The Straight final to last voicemail. Night? Was it twelve to one? Oof. I think Ozzy Albies homered in the ninth inning to avoid the the twelve zip blanking last night. It was in the home home opener for the uh, for for the San Diego Padres out in uh, Petco. Uh, uh, that's right. Uh, I it, mean, it's and and you remember how much the Braves struggled last year. Remember how they they couldn't get over five. They didn't get over five hundred. Didn't they until June? They last ran year? into yesterday. The Atlanta Braves ran into a couple <laughs> of players playing really, really well. Though Manny had a pretty good day. Yeah. Manny Machado had his first career five uh, five hit game, uh, including a home run, and uh, or no, was, uh, he tied a career high with uh, with right, five hit game. Second I, time he'd had a five sec- hit game. second career five hit game. First time uh, with the Padres. I think the other time had been back in uh, Baltimore, and then. Uh, uh, Joe Musgrove, who is uh, who pitched really well in in the first start of the season, he was very sharp against the Braves. The San Diego native who threw a no hitter uh, in his hometown. Tell you who else is off to a really good start for the Padres is, is your former first baseman. That's right, Eric Hosmer four hits. He's Luke, in, he's in four hundred. Luke Voigt had three runs uh, driven in. So uh, yeah, the, uh, the the bats were uh, were really working for San Diego and uh, Joe Musgrove four hits, uh, struck out six, walked none, and uh, he was the uh, the uh, start, started the home opener. Mentioned uh, that meant a lot to him as a uh, as a hometown guy uh, who had been uh, you know who grew up a, a Padres fan. He, he got to uh, first time in his career uh, he was the, uh, the the starter in the home opener. And um, I'm, I'm sure Braves fran- fans were, were thrilled to see the, uh, the the Freddie Freeman highlight last night. Did you see that? Did you watch that when it was happening? That's right. What the the, the double and the, the chant? double and then the crowd cheering as the pitch and change is made. The crowd uh, chanting Freddie, Freddie, and and he, he's uh, got a little emotional. That's out there right. At well, second base. Fred, Freddie feeling the love and his new uh, new, new digs and uh, the folks uh, you know showing showing their appreciation as he makes a uh, a big hit. And yeah, I mean it's it's still early, but. Yeah, some excitement around Major League Baseball. I think we're seeing some uh, some great performances early. And are are you worried at all? Uh, I, I don't think, worry much about baseball no, except for injuries. No, I'd say usually guys. You know, as as you, you know, 
One of the old sayings is, you know, look at the back of their baseball card, and it's usually going to wind up somewhere around what the average is. When I think the one exception would be, and I, I'm, I appreciate when veteran baseball players can get up there in age and still produce. I'm a Nelson mm-hmm. Cruz fan. I'm a Robinson Cano fan. I love it. Yeah, it's early. Those it guys, is. Those, you're those right. Guys usually produce, if you don't if they don't produce early then they may be done. Well, that's my question. Charlie Morton is struggling early. He's 38 years old. Yeah. Concerned? I, I don't worry. No, I don't worry so much about... I'll, I'll wait till the weather warms up okay. for a pitcher. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, if it continues, then then the Braves may need to uh, check some of the younger arms. All right, we're, we're halfway done here on the Friday Drive. Wide open. 334-321-1390 is the key of Auburn Hotline. Come on in and join us. Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill, Dan, here in the WOW Business Studio with Drew at the controls. That's right. You can get the speeds you need with super fast internet when you switch to WOW. Switch to WOWbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number two of the Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Dot com And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And uh, we welcome anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Auburn baseball looking to even up their series against Mississippi State. Auburn softball, this is, it's, it's odd. Middle of the SEC season, but you've got an odd number of SEC teams. So Auburn with a non-conference matchup this weekend. They already, uh, beat Niagara in game one. I believe the final there was eight nothing. I was going to say, does, is Niagara an SEC softball program? Did they I, join while I wasn't paying attention? I missed it if they did. But uh, but no, Auburn won uh, eight nothing in game one, and they're up four one in game two. Uh, it's actually five one now. Still batting in the bottom of the first. So Niagara fell in the uh, Niagara in the, has in fallen. The, in, yes. Yeah, they fell in the first game. All right, they so. they fell and they're falling. <laughs> so, all right, so yeah, it's an odd. I guess because there's a, there's an SEC team that doesn't play uh, softball or a couple of uh, super. Vandy. 
That's right. They bowl instead. That's right. I think they won another title in that, by the way. I think they. I think women's bowling wins another uh, national championship. For a while, they were the only national championship uh, Vanderbilt had ever won. I think the baseball. Until baseball, yeah, right. Until baseball changed that. But uh, uh, no, it's a... Uh, um, yeah, so it's it's an, a busy weekend, but an odd weekend because it's a, yeah in the middle of conference play. Auburn's uh, facing off against uh, Niagara in uh, in softball. Right, Auburn baseball, as we said, a a brutal loss last night in Starkville. Are you going to? Well, you, we can talk a little more college baseball if you want. I was I was going to pivot to a different sport. No, no, that's fine. I was going to ask: Are you are you going to pay any attention to the NBA playoffs? This weekend. They're getting started no. this weekend. Honestly, no. You got two play-in games tonight. Do you know who's in the play-in games tonight? I do not. It's Hawks, Cavaliers, Drew's Cavs. Are, and th- now, these are, for folks that are, because this is a new format, these play-in games. This is the second year of, of this, of this oh, thing. They're wildly successful so, from what I, yeah, the, you know, the ratings, what I gather. The ratings, well, last year they had the Lakers and the Warriors in one. And that one did really, that one did a really, really big number. And I think that convinced the NBA, the rating success of that one, Convince the NBA that they have to do this from now on because if you get a superstar or a couple of superstars in them in a one and done game seven esque play in game, uh, yeah, the, the TV numbers are are the, the possibility for big TV numbers are right there. Uh, the, these are correct me if I'm wrong, Drew. So these are games for the eight seed tonight. The the winner of this game, the winner of the games tonight, are the eight seed in the NBA playoffs. The losers are are out of of the playoffs. Hawks Cavs in Cleveland. For the uh, for, for the eight seed is the the Eastern Conference game that's at six thirty on ESPN, and then the Pelicans play the Clippers at nine o'clock from Los Angeles on TNT. The Pelicans without Zion Williamson haven't had them all year. Uh, the Clippers just found out this morning that Paul George has COVID nineteen, so the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in an elimination game. Kawhi Leonard may play later in the playoffs. He's been out all season after suffering a leg injury in last year's NBA playoffs. Uh, Kawhi Leonard could come back in the playoffs. It's still sort of up in the air. Uh, Paul George has been playing well, and and there was the belief that Paul George would be enough for the uh, for, for the for the Clippers tonight to to win and, and get the eight seed. But now that's been thrown into some disarray. They'll play tonight on TNT. The Pelicans, uh, who have been playing well with uh, C.J. McCollum, despite the absence of Zion Williamson all season long, Pelicans could go to Los Angeles and steal a playoff spot from the Clippers now that the Clippers have to do it without uh, Paul George uh, now, now that he's in, uh, he's in COVID-19 protocol. I'll watch a little bit of that tonight. I'll, I'll poke in. Yeah, you know, I just, I have, if it's, I, if it's I close... Uh, it still doesn't feel like basketball playoff season. I understand, you know. Getting well, later no, the... I mean, honestly, I, I just haven't followed the NBA in quite a while. No, I just uh, I've had other things. It feels no. I, I just, think just haven't the the postseason is where because the NBA regular season. I think unless you're a diehard or you have a team that you're really really passionate about, the NBA regular season's tough to follow unless like something historic is happening. You know, it's oh, you know, some. But but I think when you get into the conference finals, I would say is where you you can start to attract a lot of interest from. More casual sports fans this weekend. I mean, you know, maybe some folks be interested in like John Morant. You know, he's playing against the Timberwolves on uh, on on uh, ESPN tomorrow. You have Steph Curry, uh, who it looks like is going to get to go uh, in the. Uh, I mean, set, tomorrow night you've got uh, Jokic, the MVP, against uh, the, pres- the the presumptive MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic in Denver against uh, against the Cavalier or against the uh, the Warriors and Steph Curry. Uh, no, no, I mean some of the some of the biggest names aren't there, and you, and you do have, uh, I mean, namely LeBron James and the and the L.A. Lakers, uh, and you've got 
Uh, Giannis and, and company playing on Sunday. They, the Bucks were the champions last year. But, no, I mean, this is the, I don't know. It's it, I, I struggle to follow regular season NBA uh, with with a lot of passion unless there's a, a storyline that, that, that captures my interest. But I think in the, uh, in, the in the playoffs, intensity wraps up a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the one drawback is it's the middle of April and we're going to be playing NBA playoff games until... What early early June, mid June until until they they oh, crown yes. a champion. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I mean, you got you got a while to jump into uh, jump into the NBA playoffs, but I, I do think there could be some really good basketball and 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 prominently, you know, it's going to be available, you know, for your uh, you know all all over your your TV dial, TNT, ABC, ESPN, all showing uh, NBA playoff games uh, this this weekend as the uh, as the postseason arrives in the National Basketball Association. No, I'm, I'm more intrigued, much more intrigued by college basketball, the guys in the transfer portal, guys that are sure. still being recruited. I mean, Auburn, we mentioned Auburn signing Yohan Traore today. They're hosting um, Janai Broom, the uh, the former Moorhead State 6'10 player. The uh, I believe he was he player of the year in the conference. I know he was the freshman of the year last year. Uh, at least the defensive player of the year. I believe he was their player of the year. Um, big time player played well against Auburn. I know. I know he. Uh, I think he was only five of fifteen, but but was impressive um, seeing him in person. He's in Auburn is is pursuing this. No question. Bruce Pearl, when when he addressed the media a while back, I guess a week or so ago, talked about in addition to. Traore, he wanted one more big man, had a spot for one more big man. Is that going to be Janai Broom? Auburn today was one of the five finalists for former Tennessee freshman Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who um, who is a guy that would just normally be coming out of high school. He reclassified a year ago. He was um, ESPN had him the number four prospect in the nation for for this year, but he reclassified and was still in their top 20 for last year. So there's another five-star. Got some playing time, but not tremendous playing time. Played in all 35 games at Tennessee this year. Started 13 games. Averaged four points, three rebounds. I hadn't seen that he was in the portal. He yeah. was no, he was sensational in the tournament in the uh, in the in the SEC tournament. He he played a couple of I'm trying to remember who Tennessee played. Uh, I want to say Mississippi State. Uh, there there was a game in the there was a Mississippi State game in the yeah, SEC tournament. Yeah, twenty two. The, the the as a matter of fact, I'm looking at his bio. That was the high for him in conference play in minutes in twenty two minutes. Ten points, three rebounds against State in the quarterfinals. Yeah, he he was a uh, an impressive looking athlete around the basket, and uh, and they mentioned during the broadcast that he'd become a bigger part of Tennessee's game plan as the season wore on. And, and that's a that's a bit of a surprise for a guy yeah. like that who's coming on at the end of his freshman year, and he's a native of the state of Tennessee, but he only played his freshman year in high school in Tennessee. Played his freshman year in high school in Tennessee, then he went to IMG. Played one year at a prep school in Pennsylvania before he reclassified and signed with Tennessee this past year. So what's the because uh, he was uh, I mean Tennessee had one of the top recruiting classes yes, in the they year did. and he, he was a big part of it that would have been the class of of twenty twenty one yeah, class twenty twenty one and so um, no he's he's a real he's a real get to any any program that can land him and Auburn among the five and this is man this is an interesting five along with Auburn SMU Wake Forest. Louisville and Arizona State. Hmm. 
Those are an inter- that is an interesting. Yeah, and, you know, there are some. Uh, those are good coaches. I mean, you think about like different different coaches. Uh, SMU just hired SMU just hired Georgia State's coach away. Uh, that's Rob Lanier, who was the uh, the you know he was in Atlanta for a long time uh, in, in in downtown Atlanta with the with the Panthers. Now he's in his first year or assembling his first staff at SMU. Steve Forbes at Wake Forest is you know the Bruce Pearl disciple. They're from two former Tennessee coaches on the list there. That's right, Bruce Pearl and uh, yeah. and Steve Forbes. Well, was, and and again, mate, I don't know. Maybe his family goes way back. I was just thinking, how interesting would it be? For Auburn and Tennessee to have each have freshmen leave and go to the other school, because of course Justin Powell left Auburn to go to Knoxville, and uh, now Brandon Huntley Hatfield is uh, is is in the portal as well. So I mean that's that's somebody else. I I know, I know someone who. I, I, wait, I wonder how Auburn. I wonder how Auburn prioritizes. Is it just like, well, first big guy that says yes, you're it. I'm a little young to remember him as a player. Kenny Payne, the uh, Louisville, uh, big, the, the Louisville big man. Who's, Kenny Payne was a very athletic big guy. Yeah, the new the new head really coach could run the court. Yeah, new, new head coach at Louisville. Uh, yes. I've I've heard some some rave reviews of him though, and you know, he brought in Nolan Smith, uh, the 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 Duke guard, uh, who is uh, well regarded in the in the basketball world as a, as a recruiter. Uh, Nolan Smith is uh, is there on the staff with Louisville. I, I'm not going to be surprised to see Louisville as a player in some of these. Uh, in, in in some of these uh, in, uh, battles for even players that want to, I mean, not just on, in the high school ranks. When guys go into the portal uh, and they want to stay in the southeast and play for a superpower, I wonder if Kenny Payne is going to have Louisville in some of these battles immediately uh, to get uh, you know to, to get them back to uh, the standard yeah, that a lot of Louisville expect. people expect. Yeah, I, right now my feeling is that uh, Janai Broom is number one on Auburn's list. But it's very good to have a guy like this as a possibility who's just now entering the portal. Since, uh, since, since Broom said he wants to take a lot of visits, but he could pull the trigger at any time, uh, I think what, what Auburn would love to do is wow him this weekend and have him go and go ahead and lock him down, and then they'd probably have to back out of the Hunley Hatfield Sweepstakes. Kenny Payne also was on the uh, was on the bench for John Calipari for for most of the last decade. Once uh, six oh, SEC yeah. tournaments as a, as a Kentucky assistant was on the New York Knicks uh, coaching staff for the last couple of years before getting this job with his alma mater at Louisville. There there are uh, a lot of places right that made coaching changes this off season that feel a lot of optimism about the guy they were able to bring in. But I think there's something a little bit special about, you think about Seton Hall, right? Going out and getting, you know, a point guard who was a great Seton Hall player uh, in, in the last couple of years. There's a little bit of that at Louisville too. Kenny Payne uh, coming back as, as the new Louisville coach, you know, there, there's a belief maybe he can, he can restore the order and get them back to, uh, like you were saying, the expectations. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not shocked at all to see Louisville battling for, uh, for, no. for some of these recruits. And, uh, and, and I think that could be, uh, they, they could be here to stay. Yeah, so some interesting basketball um, information. We're seeing we'll, that. We'll see what ha- we'll see what happens when uh, when Janai Broom leaves Auburn. If uh, I would imagine that, you know, a lot of the a lot of the folks will get a chance to talk to him. quite a few quite a few noteworthy programs. Right, have former player who achieved great things as a player and became a great NBA player. Right, I mean, you look around basketball right now at at Juwan Howard at Michigan, Penny. Penny Hardaway at uh, at at the uh, yeah you're ab- absolutely um, you, you've got 
I mean, no, just it seems like this is this is something that's becoming a little bit more. I mean, Patrick Ewing, uh, they're they're at Georgetown mm-hmm. as well now, and now uh, Seton Hall and uh, Louisville bringing in uh, former players who who did great things as well. So yeah, it's just uh, it's it's interesting to see if that's a. a, a a trend that will continue with with more and more big time programs as they look for openings, um, or or if uh, or if it's just you know an individual by individual basis that these these guys are getting these jobs. There was another name that got mentioned a couple of times. I believe uh, Nathan King had him in an article, but I had somebody ask about this, and uh, that was um, what's his first name? Is it a uh, Mike Davis's son? Um, when I first saw it, I'm like. Do we do we know what the connection is? Antoine, Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy, uh, who's like one of the great scorers in the history career, of college basketball. Yeah, for his career, he's averaging just under twenty five points a game over four years. I think if Auburn were hitting the reset button completely, and this were a team looking for seven or eight different players, you know, if it were like last year's team, right, where Auburn needed several contributors at guard and several contributors at forward, and they could cast a wider net. I think players like Antoine Davis and maybe even Jarkel Joyner might have been, you know, there, there might have been more of an appetite for Auburn to kick the tires on these. Maybe even uh, a, a, a Quendo, right, at Georgia. Like, these yeah, are maybe. guys that if Auburn yeah. were if Auburn were in the market for a, a wider, you know, if, if it was, they, they, were, they were looking for more contributors, then maybe these players... Uh, would uh, would would have you know th- there'd be more interest from Auburn, but it seems like th- this is a year where because of who Auburn is slated to bring back, they're looking for specific type players. I mean, I think the wings that they're in the market for, they feel like need to be taller wings, guys that can handle the bigger guards, could offensively and defensively. So I'd say I'd be surprised if they bring in anybody under six three, maybe even under six four. But Antoine Davis is a big-time shooter. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He yeah. is, I think, a career 36-37% three-point shooter. Uh, and again, some broke the uh, as a as a true freshman, broke the single-season made threes record. I believe it was Steph Curry's record for most three-pointers made by a true freshman in a single season of NCAA basketball a couple of years ago. He's played for his dad. Um, of course, Mike was the... The Titans of Mike, Detroit Mercy. Mike, Mike was... Uh, Great player at Alabama, was the uh, coach for at Indiana before going to UAB, and then moving on. Was it UTEP after that, and then Detroit Mercy went to uh, went to a national championship game in Indiana, uh-huh. right? That was sort yeah, of. But, a, then, but then things tailed off. No, but that but it started. Both of those things are true. <laughs> it, it it but yes, oh, yeah. both of those things are true. He he started. It started with a an appearance in the national championship game in like year one or year two. And ended right. Didn't it was five hundred. Were, were they were they in the title? Were they in the title game pretty early? Like pretty yeah, early in the really tenure, early. and it was yes. and it was a, a surprise. I think his last two or three years, he was right at five hundred overall. Right. Brought in Marco Killingsworth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lewis was it Lewis Monroe? Yeah, I could not. That's think right. Of his yeah, name. Uh, could not think of Lewis's name. Just naming some guys, yeah, right, man? Yeah. Um, but what do you think? I mean, Antoine Davis, I, I think, could end up. There could be a market. Oh, there are a lot of lot of schools would be very interested in him. Feels like Auburn. Maybe it, it wouldn't. Probably it wouldn't not. address. It wouldn't address a position of need. Right. Although the shooting is very tempting. Yes, because Auburn could certainly. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it, we, we we were talking about baseball earlier, and you know the. The focus on on base percentage to where there are there are places where it's like I don't you can be you can be four feet tall you can be seven feet tall if you can get on base you can get on base. Shooting isn't quite like that in basketball, but 
a great shooter is going to find. I mean, there, there's going to be a coach willing to, you know, w- willing to uh, take a look at somebody with really impressive shooting numbers, even if the competition is somewhat suspect. It's not to say you're you're going to definitely get that opportunity, but no, I, I won't be won't be surprised at all if Antoine Davis has uh, some some you know the opportunity to play at, at a much higher level than Detroit Mercy in the 2022 season, even if it's maybe not at Auburn. No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Let's get to our first break of hour number two. You saying you said something that reminded me of a uh, comment that uh, and a question that I got yesterday, and I I was stumped. I thought I knew baseball rules, but I was wrong on one thing, and I'd like to know the answer why. We'll talk about that and more when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 22 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. All right, so uh, so our own Scott Bagwell calls me yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, and and he's, he's working on Auburn High baseball stats. And he asked me a question, and I thought I knew the answer, but I was wrong. He said, the sacrifice flies really hurt your on-base percentage? And I went, well, they don't count as at-bats. But they do, it turns out, they do count as plate appearances. So that is how... We're getting real inside baseball. Well, that's how you do... But I I mean, one of the the big baseball numbers now is OBP. Right. On-base percentage. You were talking... I mean, that's where it got me thinking about that when you were talking about on-base percentage just a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's a question of how in, how intentional is a sacrifice fly. I know, right? but my my thing is though, be consistent. Yeah, if you're if it is not going to count against your batting average, which a sacrifice fly does not, why does it count against your on base percentage? Mm. My it, my it, instinct would be because it, because it because it's a it's the creation of an out, which is sort of what on base percentage is right. like at its at its core. On base percentage is measuring. But it, but you hear now on base percentage is a is 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 a better determinant yeah. than batting average is. Well, if that's the case, all right, batting average, just go ahead and stop stop not counting sacrifice flies as a bat. Well, just the, count them as a fly ball out. The question I asked is, so if there's a runner on third and I ground to second and the runner scores, but I'm thrown out at first, functionally it's the same as a sacrifice fly. Well, a lot of times... I'm out and lot, the runner on third scored. And a lot of times you hear the players getting credit if they're hitting behind the runner. You know, if you've got a right-hand batter who can wait and hit the ball to the right side and move the runner over or get them in, it accomplishes the exact same purpose as a bunt. But I guess it's just too um, 
it's up to the scorer's yeah. discretion as to whether they were really giving themselves up. Just go ahead and do everything. Let's let's be let's be more black and white about the whole thing. Because I I sort of understand just because an out has been created, why on base percentage would not would would treat sacrifice fly as as the same as a, a ground out or any sort of created out. The the question is like you you raise the the question about batting average and whether or not sacrifice like maybe I mean. If if you're not gonna, if you're going to you treat got in the two track instances, power and yeah. you're lucky enough to have a guy on third base, good, good for you. If if you go over, doesn't hurt. If if the ground out to second that scores the runner from third leaves me zero for one, then why shouldn't the fly out that scores the runner from third leave me zero for one too? Like especially, I, I, especially if you have the ability to hit the ball to the right side and get the run in, where you're just swinging from your heels trying to hit a home run and it turns into a sack fly. Yeah, I just wonder if, you know, some people would say you're asking the wrong question, where now it's like, well, maybe maybe we've outgrown, a, you know, counting the sacrifice fly as a as no at bat. Maybe maybe you, maybe you should go, you know. Well, I guess you a, need to, you know why, one of the reasons. And I'm pro-sack fly. But, well, one know. of the reasons is, is it's hard to then score it. In the scorebook, how did, why did the guy score? It's like, well, he just happened to score. Of course, you don't really have to worry about how a guy got to third. Yeah. If he's on second, and you ground out, ground out to first. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's just he I, scored. I, no, I think I think it's a way to reward the right baseball play, right? It's almost like by not counting it against your base, your batting average, it's a way to note that you know the the smart play, even if it created an out, you know, someone did something that. Uh, helped a run uh, get get across, and so you know, maybe, I I don't know. I'm speculating about the creation of the sacrifice fly originally as a, as a uh, statistical. Note I don't know. I mean, baseball is the craziest game to try to figure out where the rules came from. Who in their wildest dreams was a, you know came up with the how far apart the bases are? Where, where why is the mound not? Why is it sixty feet six inches? Why I got it just that. sixty feet. You're going to have ninety feet between the bases. Although that's going to change. I got it wrong. It's going to change as far as the. Uh, I, I thought that the sack fly did not count against the on base percentage. Now hearing the rule, I sort of understand. Right. M- maybe the explanation that- was because sacrifice bunts are usually called for by the coaches. Right. The manager, the coaches, or whatever. See, that's the part that throws me off. Is that a sack bunt also creates an out? But that's not. That doesn't count against your on base percentage, right? right. I mean, that's so. so that's, call it something besides a sacrifice. Yeah, it's interesting. Fly. I don't call know. It, you know, um, uh, 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 I don't know. Okay, so since we're talking baseball, since fly. we're talking baseball in the segment anyway, what needs to go right for Auburn tonight as they try to shake off the memory of yesterday's loss? They need to get State. off to a good start. Trace Bright needs to be able to give them more than three innings. What have you seen out of Trace so far this year? I mean, he, he's he, he's got really good stuff. Um, I was there the other day, and and through the first three innings, he was he was outstanding. Then all of a sudden, uh, if if it's a cutter, it didn't cut anymore. I mean, all of a sudden, his fastball just was straight. So I mean, I, I I don't know. It's like he didn't seem to have anything that had any movement after the third inning. The life, you know, and it was just it was just BP. Well, that, if that happens at Mississippi State, they'll be happy to play. Oh, yeah. they'll be happy to play home run derby if it's yes, not, you know, yes, if, 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 if it's if it's not moving. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Trace can get a and can have the stuff to turn things around and get Auburn a victory after uh, dropping uh, last night's game in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, that's right. It's six o'clock game coming up tonight, and then they will play uh, tomorrow at eleven eleven a.m. tomorrow. All right, we're at our 
bottom of the hour break. We'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, as you can tell. I mean, we'll go whatever direction. 334-321-1390 here on the Friday Drive. ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Friday. Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the uh, Wow Business Studio. Taking your calls, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. As we said, Auburn and Mississippi State playing. The SEC, it's a uh, full slate right now. A few games were on tap last night. Uh, You'll have... um, the undefeated what? What? Well, we can, we no, can get to it later. Yeah, yeah go, go no, it. no, that's fine. I'll I'll run down the schedule here in a little bit. What would you have? Well, I was going to say we're 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 scraping the 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 uh, news uh, stories uh, that we've you know gotten to here. What, what about the Mr. Football that that I texted you about earlier today? Oh, oh I, had, the I had not seen that. Yeah, we were talking about guys in the portal. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be a fit for Auburn uh, necessarily, but sort of an unusual story in that uh, the player who won Mr. Football uh, here in the state of Alabama uh, in the 2021 season, Ryan Peppins, wide receiver from Thompson, uh, was an early enrollee at Utah uh, in January and has decided after three months to enter the portal and go look uh, somewhere else to uh, to play college football. He's a... uh, 5,860-pound uh, wide receiver from Thompson who was uh, awarded with the uh, Mr. Football Award uh, early, earlier this year. Uh, caught uh, 1,400 yards and uh, 23 touchdowns uh, in the state championship season uh, for Thompson. He was uh, uh, the, uh, the 40th Mr. Football in state history uh, for, uh, for, for the state of Alabama. And I wonder, I mean, it, it seems like he might want to come closer to home. Auburn could be looking for receivers. You were saying maybe the size yeah, could think, be an issue. He, you know, Auburn's looking for bigger uh, receivers, and this is a guy they also didn't seem uh, th- there didn't seem to be a lot of interest uh, from Auburn uh, when he was a high school player being recruited a couple of months ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. It just seems like yes, Auburn's looking for somebody. Um, you know, we've heard talk about somebody that can go up in a crowd and catch the ball. Who is uh, uh, now, now? I don't doubt his ability to make plays after the ball's in his hand. That's something else Auburn's definitely looking for. But but of the receivers, Auburn seems to have more slot-type receivers than they do uh, at the, you know, at the, at the X or the Y 
uh, or the H. They've got more slots. So uh, with with Javarius Johnson, Tavarish Dawson, and uh, maybe even Jay Fair, yeah. those are guys that that are all five ten or less. So I mean. Maybe so. Uh, I just wonder. I mean, Auburn definitely is in the market for a receiver, so maybe they will. Maybe they'll. Uh, maybe they'll look at him. I mean, they they would be presumably looking for. I mean, there are some things that, that Ryan Peppin's resume lacks. What as did far he do as, at Utah last year? No, no, he he was an early enrollee. He's oh, classic. Oh, oh, so it's just this this year. Yeah, he was he was the twenty twenty one Mister Football for this past season. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking for some reason he enrolled he enrolled in January at Utah and has left 3 months later, but he was he was he was the best receiver on wow. Thompson. Did did he finish spring with them? I wonder. I believe so. I, I th- so yeah, they I mean, finished their spring. Yeah, and so he's yeah, he's the first player to leave, but no, he was the he was the best player on the Thompson team that won the state championship this past year and then left after the season was over. Well, he was Mr. Football. Yeah, he left. wasn't he wasn't the most highly touted guy on Thompson, but at receiver no, I mean they had they had a couple of guys that were like four and five stars. Oh, he, sure, at, but, but at, he was at receiver too. He or, had, okay. no, no, no. But he had yes. he had the great stats. Yeah, yeah he had. I was going to say he, was he Mr. Football. I was I was going to say did Thompson have a better receiver than him? That I'm unaware because he yeah he had 1,400 yards at receiver. No, so, no, I mean, no. So he's, I'm, but no, I'm you know, sure no, Thompson, he was their had, Thompson had other players. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I get what you're saying now. Uh, but no, he was uh, no, it was it was, but it was this past year, and so and then he left after. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, after I the was state thinking you yeah, I was thinking you were saying that he'd been at Utah for a year. Right. No, and and that's. Well, no, the fact that he's in the transfer portal now makes you think, well, he probably wasn't playing high school football this past fall, but this is the rare instance. Yeah, someone. Yeah, that, uh, that's from, exactly what I was saying. I was thinking, well, usually. He was a top, no, top 30. Uh, he was a top 30 in state recruit in the state of Alabama in the class of 2022. Um, was actually ranked uh, right, right around, I think he's sandwiched in the 24 7 rankings between Drew Bobo and Powell Gordon. Hmm. A couple of familiar names, right. you know, that, that Auburn recruited uh, in, in state rankings. But yeah, I wonder if the size, you know, could, could be ultimately uh, something that, uh, that, that puts Auburn off. But I will say, having spoken to a couple people that saw Thompson play firsthand, um, you know, he fit, fits the bill of a guy that, that, that might, you know, might, might be able to play big time football because he's uh, that good with the ball in his hands. Even if you have to overlook, yeah, the fact that he right now he's, he's you know, 5'8, 160. Ah, there have been plenty of small receivers yep. who've been able to make big plays and and play, you know, play big time football. I, just, so yeah, I don't know. So, something to keep an eye on. Alabama, yeah. Alabama, Mister Football deciding to go in the portal after choosing Utah. So, so I guess he was committed to Western Kentucky for much of, and then got the uh, the power. Well, yeah, got got the Power Five offer. Yeah, was committed to Western Kentucky for much of his senior year, his junior year. And then got a got a Utah offer during his senior year. Decided to go to Utah and has uh, changed his mind after a couple of months. And it's a long way. That's a, a long, long way from Birmingham. It's a long way from Birmingham, and and you wonder, yeah, you just wonder who could be after him now, now that he's back in the portal after uh, you know after after uh, choosing Utah as one of the state's top wide receivers uh, just uh, just just last year. Yeah, because I mean that's one of the that is probably the position we've talked about the most that Auburn really. Would like to add players. Yeah, no, nothing. And, and players that can step in and have the opportunity can, to contribute right away. Yeah, no, nothing concrete as far as interest from Auburn in this guy either. And, and you know, but he is a he is a noteworthy player from the state of Alabama that has just enrolled in the you know just just gone in the transfer portal after choosing Utah a couple of months ago. So I would maybe if Auburn's scouring the earth, looking for people who could maybe help at wide receiver. I'd maybe keep an eye on a guy who had an excellent sure. season uh, last year for, for the state champions at Thompson at, uh, at, at the uh, you know, d- d- playing wide receiver. 
Yes, and and as uh, as as we said earlier, there'll be a, there will be a steady flow of players under the portal here over the next couple of weeks. This is this is uh, April fifteenth. Oh, by the way, it's not tax day today. Oh, thank uh, goodness. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I mean, you know, April fifteenth generally is tax day, but because today is Good Friday, the uh, the, the government with their kind, you know, in the kindness, good uh, meaning great or holy. By the way, not good like. Well, you know, but hey, hey, we're celebrating. Regardless of why, it's Good Friday, yes. and and uh, so the IRS is giving everyone until Monday, the 18th. If you haven't done your taxes, if you haven't filed your taxes, uh, you need to go ahead and get on it. Something else for you to be doing this weekend. That's right. That's some, something to, uh, to to keep a uh, keep keep an, keep an eye on. But the uh, uh, yeah, it's, and and we were saying that that's Easter. Also, the reason for some of the uh, the early times tomorrow. In college baseball, right? Some, right. some places trying to play. The reason why, why you see a lot of a lot of teams playing Thursday through Saturday. Um, do you I have mean, the slate? I was going to. Yeah, I do. I mean, because you, you had uh, you had LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A and M, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina, all playing last night, and then Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida Vandy are playing the traditional Friday through Sunday. So Alabama. Which has really been playing well lately, swept Ole Miss last weekend, is at Knoxville. Can they stop Tennessee's it's not where anybody wants to SEC go right streak? Now. Well, Tennessee's on a, on a losing streak right now. They've lost one in a row. Did you see that? They lost midweek to Tennessee Tech in a game they played there at the minor league stadium, and they played with wood bats, wooden bats, and they only scored one run and they lost. So Tennessee going to get back to the uh, aluminum bats. Count the count the wood bats games in the standings. They they well they just decided. They, I guess okay. Yeah, both teams agreed. Sure, you okay. can play with one if you if you want to play with wood bats while the other team is playing with aluminum. Sure, have at it. Could you could you Good agree? Luck. Could both teams agree to play with racquetballs and tennis rackets? I I don't know. If if it's not a conference game, maybe. You can do it sort of like that's, you play like a the, game like the Savannah Bananas. I was say, we're playing, what you were, we're, playing, you were going? we're playing banana ball now, yeah. And you see, they played over in Columbus, uh, I believe, last night or night before. Montgomery, I believe, has also been packed. They're going on tour. They do a little oh, bit. Yeah. They, they take it on yeah. tour a little bit. And there's, um, I, I wanted, I'd love to see that. Apparently in Savannah, it's a, it's a real good oh, time. Was a, do you man, see, I'd love to see Did you see the clip it. of the bat on fire? There was yes. some, somebody, hit, yeah, somebody yeah. got a hit with a, with, a, with a flaming bat. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's uh, yeah, so, so, something to see out, out in the dance uh, moving a pitch. The pitch was in the dirt, but I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 some crazy stuff, and and maybe that's maybe that's what Major League Baseball needs. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun in person, uh, but like, great for Minor League Baseball. I think you know what you, we can have we can have boxing and pro wrestling, and I think we can have Major League Baseball and banana ball both. See, both I've existing. Al- I've al- I've always thought that you ought to be able to heckle, you know, during. Putting and golf. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, wait, you don't want to, you don't want to, don't want to hear air horns sound while they, while he's lining up to putt. But it's okay to be shooting free throws with people mooning you. I mean, or whatever, you know, screaming or doing whatever. So, so why not? Get get with the times is what you're saying. All right, yeah. okay, all right. Just have some fun. All right. Well, I, you know, what? I, I, I mean, agree with you. I've sort of gone all the way from from our. OB, OBP yeah, you were. and why don't sack flies count? You know, we 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 could do we could do a and we will. Yeah, probably. why not? Why not? We'll do a whole show on, you know, 
Why is this, this stupid rule yeah, Bill, in there? Why do they do that? Bill has gone Rules from... Rules we'd like to change. Bill has gone from being a traditionalist who like never wants the DH to come to the National League to now he's like, yeah, why not? Let oh, that, I didn't care about let the that, DH. Let that golden retriever play second base. I don't care. Like that, that, see, that, 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 That's just fine. He's better than some of the guys. Some of the, some, there, there are a couple of, of teams dogs. right now that don't hear right about that. Some of the dogs we signed. Yeah. That uh, you've seen out there trying to play, it's like what are those? What are those guys doing in the majors? Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Is Mitch hanging on? Oh yeah. Oh, oh hey, I hey, didn't Mitch. know we had a call. Mitch is on the that line. Happened while I, that happened I don't know. I, didn't I was see, going to refresh. I didn't my, see it on the board. My so. a while ago. Let me. Let me uh, Mitch, you what's told, up? He didn't tell me, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. I didn't know we had a call. I'm, I'm gonna do my Ed impersonation. You guys gonna make me hold the whole segment? Well, I, w- I would have. Hang up on him. I would have because honestly, look, the phone is behind Drew's Dr. Pepper. I yeah, we're can't not doing see this. the light back there. Ask your question, Mitch. <laughs> well, it's a it's a beautiful day down here in the eight five zero. Also, but uh, you guys were talking baseball and the sacrifice line, on base percentage, and everything. And I, and I just got to thinking, I was like, uh, I've never seen one live. I've seen, you know, replays of it. But stealing home, does that ever happen anymore? Very rarely. It usually happens on the back end of a double steal. When you see it is is when they're runners at first and third, and the runner takes off from first hoping to draw a throw. You see it in college. You hardly ever see it in the major leagues anymore. Um but it's very rare. And and what an appropriate question to ask us on Jackie Robinson Day, because that's something he right. was famous for. Yes. Yeah. So, like, but, like, if, if a guy is on third, and normally I've, I've seen it when it's a, a left-handed pitcher because he's got, you know, his back to you. Right. But, yeah, that's but the very it, it, that's the very rare one when it's just a straight steal no, of home and there's nobody else I wasn't, on base. See, I wasn't sure if it was this past postseason or two years ago, but the the uh, the Rays outfielder Rosarena yep. stole home against the Red Sox in the postseason this past year. I mean, it's not it's not super common, um, and I think that generally it's become something that the odds uh, you know say is uh, it's it's. And unless unless you're absolutely sure that you can get it, you don't want to risk it with a runner on third. You'd rather you'd rather just let the the batter try to bring him home. Uh, but a Rosarena, you know, who's who's an explosive athlete and a guy willing to take a risk or two on the base paths, uh, he was able to steal home uh, because the yeah the 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 Red Sox had a reliever who was. Uh, who, who was looking at first base? Not paying any attention. And, and right. I think the game was it was a three or four run game. So you know maybe the the, the intensity wasn't there to you know with, with maybe in a one run game maybe you're paying closer attention to that to that runner on third and and uh, doing more to keep him uh, from from getting too big of a lead. But yeah, I guess the uh, uh, yeah he was able to steal home in, in the postseason. And I believe it had been the first time in a while that there had been a in the postseason. It, yeah, there'd, there'd been a Robinson postseason stole home, stole home. With, uh, with, with Yogi Berra livid uh, against the Yankees way, way back. That's one of the first black and white highlights I remember seeing of baseball. So, but, uh, but like, like if you steal home, the, the, the pitcher still got to go through his like regular motion and everything because if he like, if, if he like changes it or whatever, would it be like it's a, a bulk? bulk? That's right. And that's, okay. and that's why, okay. and that's another reason you don't see that many steals of home because a pitcher trying to rush it will balk and then that negates the steal, but you get the run. Right. 
right. So, I mean, still get the run and everything. Okay, okay. But that's, that's kind of what I thought. It's just one of those unique things. And, yeah, I did see something. I did see a picture of, of, of Jackie Robinson, you know, I guess stealing home. And uh, so I was like, oh, you never see that anymore. But And then my next question uh, about, well, Auburn last night, I watched the game, God Almighty. Um, but yeah, it was tough. Mississippi State baseball, they were 4-8 and eight in conference coming into the uh, that game. Right. They won the national championship last year. I mean, did they have a whole lot of turnover? I mean, what's, what, what's the problem with them this, this year? Their pitching hasn't been uh, what they had expected coming in. No, they they still have some big time bats back from a year ago, and uh, they were they were very highly ranked. Just as Ole Miss, both those schools, I mean, were ranked in the top ten, and it's just been a struggle thus far uh, early on. But uh, they both got wins last night. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that's all I had, guys. Thanks. It's a long wait. Oh man, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry about that, Mitch. Appreciate you hanging on. I'm, I'm not sorry. sorry. I appreciate it, Mitch. Yeah, Ole Miss beat South Carolina last <laughs> night. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, beat Auburn. Um, so the standings. Yeah, were, State was twenty and ten last year in conference. Yes, which, I mean was uh, uh, you know, and they, and they 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 had periods where they really you know they they looked like. They, they looked every bit like the best team uh, or, or a team that could challenge for the, the championship in college baseball. But yeah, it's surprising to see them off to this uh, uh, off to this kind of start. But you get you get the feeling they have the talent to turn it around, right, Bill? I mean, it's, it's defending national champions, right? Uh, so so right now, uh, Arkansas with a win last night is nine and four. Alabama opens a series against Tennessee tonight. They're seven and five. Uh, Auburn, LSU, and Texas A&M are seven and six. Then Ole Miss and Mississippi State are each five and eight. Over in the uh, East, Tennessee still unbeaten. Georgia is eight and five. Tennessee's twelve and zero. Oh. Uh, Georgia's eight and five. Nobody else at five hundred. Vandy and Florida are five and seven. Kentucky's five and eight. South Carolina four and nine, and Missouri three and ten. So, um, so that is. SEC baseball as they get ready, maybe a game already underway. We'll we'll check on that, uh, but uh, we need to get to our final break of the week. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here on this Friday. Let's see if we can update you on softball. May not be going on much longer. Auburn may be close to run ruling Niagara after winning 8 nothing in game one of their doubleheader. They're up 11-3 in the top of the fourth. Um, something you, you were noticing, we had talked about this uh, off the air, but a couple of pretty impressive performances by former Auburn pitchers yesterday in Major League Baseball. Keegan Thompson came on in relief yesterday for the Chicago Cubs. He has appealed his suspension. Uh, both he and 
former Auburn catcher and now Cubs manager David Ross, have been suspended for the beanball contest that the Cubs were in the other day. But, I mean, Keegan has really pitched well, pitched uh, three-plus shutout innings, got the win, and may be setting himself up to moving into the Cubs' rotation before too long. Yeah, I think that's... Keegan is someone who, you know, they used him as a reliever earlier, but I think the the plan has always been to sort of transition him to someone that can give him five, six innings or more a game. And, I mean, the Casey Mize thing is right on track. I mean, yeah. he, he pitched he pitched really well. Didn't get the uh, – he didn't pick up the win himself yesterday, but the Tigers won 4-2. He outdueled Zach Grinke. Uh, you know, a guy with uh, maybe not direct Auburn ties, uh, but but uh, you know the the Grinky name. Well, his, his brother. That's right. Luke. Here. Luke was uh, Luke was a player here for this team uh, a while ago. But uh, yeah, Casey uh, getting the against a guy who I don't know if Zach Grinky's in your. You know, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. He's probably uh, on the bubble. Excellent starting pitcher. Yeah. Had a great career. And and yeah, Casey Mize uh, getting to uh, get, getting the uh, getting the advantage in the showdown yesterday against the Royals. Yeah, so uh, nice to see the you know those former Auburn pitchers performing well. Of course, Josh Donaldson off to a pretty good start with the Yankees uh, as well. Auburn hoping they can even things up tonight over in Starkville in Game Two of their series against Mississippi State. Again, right-hander Trace Bright two and three with a three eight three earn run average. Going against Preston Johnson, who's two and two with a four twenty six, so a big big ball game because this is sort of the the swing game. If you lose this one, then uh, then you're hoping that Joseph Gonzalez can salvage one. You win it, you have a chance to set yourself up to win your fourth straight conference series. That's going to wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Drive. We're back Monday. Brian Matthews. From AuburnSports.com will be with us. We'll miss you, Drew. Drew. Drew's got jury duty, so he won't be with us on Monday. But we'll try to get on the air anyway. Have a great Easter weekend, everybody. We are out of here.